Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Welcome. To the MMA Fan Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Stu and Blake. Hello and welcome to the MMA Fan Show. I'm Stu Whiffin. Joining me always, Blake Harrison. Hello. Hello, sir. How are you? I'm all right. I'm all right. Yeah, all, all, all things are good. It's a, it's a lovely sunny Monday afternoon and we're about to sit down with Mr. Mike Grundy. We are, we are. Just, just to clarify, you haven't trodden any shit today, you know. <laughs> not today. No shit, not no barefoot going straight into your dog's shit. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah that's good. It's a good start to the day, unless because I don't know one. One of you, it's meant to be lucky to tread in. No, it's not dog mess. And no, one, it's, one it's, foot. It, I don't know if it's the left it, or the right. Was it the it left like, or the right? Uh, it was the left. The left I mean, foot. I mean, does I'm, it count I'm, if you're barefoot? Would it be better if it was you had a shoe on? I mean, you would imagine maybe you're luckier if it's outside, you've got a shoe on, but, you know. You've really stretched that kind of thing that if a bird shits, you on, shits on you, it's good luck. You, oh, is you, it meant to be a bird? I thought it was like treading in poo or something. No, I is think it a bird it's, shits I think you, it's, it's the bird shits on you. I don't think it's if you tread barefoot in your own dog's shit. I'm trying to think there was a story of like... Misery? I, I like told you it yesterday. Do- yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I swear, I'm trying to think who it was. If it was like, I can't remember if it was my wife telling me this or my daughter telling me this. But uh, one of someone they know a bird shit in their mouth. <laughs> <laughs> that is not good that's, luck. That's not lucky, is it? <laughs> that ain't lucky at all. That is very unlucky. Oh, um, but uh, yeah, this is an interesting start to the episode, isn't it? Absolutely. Um, let's let's yeah. park up shit chat, and we'll have some great chat because um, it's been it's going to be really good. We're, we're literally just waiting for him to join the call, so we're we're recording this intro just before Mike joins the uh, the Zoom chat for today's episode, and um, we're getting this episode in just ahead of this Saturday when uh, Mikey's fighting Aljamain Sterling uh, in Polaris Twenty Five. Um, we'll find out how that come about and what he's expecting from that in today's episode as well as looking back across his career in MMA and where that's going is it done is it not who knows we will find out on today's episode do you want to introduce it Blake sure thing ladies and gentlemen here is Mike Grundy Mike Grundy how are you mate yeah I'm going good thanks good 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 See you in the car there. What's what's going on? Are you at the gym at home? What's what's happening? I'm in my car at a minute because in my house is um, is hectic at a minute because I've got a two year old and a seven year old just coming from school. So um, right. gotcha. We're all excited. We're waiting for the tea, but yeah, they're they're, nice they're, they're, they're hectic. So it's more peaceful in the car. 
<laughs> just get an, get an I, I get the feeling that maybe with a two year old and a seven year old, you might be escaping to the car or the shed or something every now and again just to escape That's the it. chaos. That's right. Yeah. Um. Well, look, Mike, when, when we when we do this show, what we like to do with our guests is we like to kind of take them way back uh, to kind of uh, let us know kind of where they grew up and particularly whether they felt like they were always good with confrontational situations. Like I know myself always been useless with confrontation, but whenever you speak to fighters, you seem to get a load of different answers, whether it be that, no, they, they weren't very good with it and fighting made them better or, or martial arts, I should say, maybe made them better. Or is it something that you've always been very comfortable with? So, so where did you grow up and did you feel like it was important to be tough in the area you grew up in? Yeah, I mean, I was, I was brought up in Wigan, uh, which is probably, I'd say, a, a tough town, old coal miners town anyway, you know. So it was um, where probably where, where wrestling originated. So it was very like the coal miners used to wrestle on the dinner hour and do bets and stuff like that. So it was a very really? tough town anyway, you know. So, yeah, I was brought up there and probably why I started wrestling there. Um, I was brought up with uh, four other siblings. So I had three sisters, one brother. So there's five of us. And um, my mum and dad in a small house in Wigan. So, yeah, I, I was I had to wrestle to get my tea, put it that way, because there's quite a few of us. So <laughs> it was, uh, and I was the second to youngest. So, but yeah, it's, um, Wigan's quite a tough town. And uh, I'd, I'd say that, yeah. But um, I mean, were you comfortable with that? Were, were you comfortable was, yeah. with it being a tough town? Like that didn't bother you? You, were, you could handle yourself well from an early age? I'd say so, yeah, but I wasn't, I, ne- I never liked confrontation. So I never, I never really liked confrontation. I didn't really like. It was, I was out of my comfort zone. Do you know what I mean? When, when there's any kind of um, disagreements. And how did the wrestling start? So you started to wrestle at a, a young age. You're talking about like the coal miners, like wrestling each other on their lunch breaks and all that kind of stuff, which sounds bonkers to me. You're doing a day yeah. of coal mining. You're going to be tired enough as it is without having a wrestle. But uh, how did it start for you? Because wrestling was your was that your first martial art. Yeah, it was, yeah. So wrestling started for me, but my friends were just going to go because there was a place like a few miles away from mine. My friends were going to go and that was it, really. I was I was quite a... I just went and I asked my dad. I asked my dad at the time, could I go to wrestling? Because my friends were going to go. And I didn't know that he wrestled from a kid. He'd done a couple of years himself, you know, when he was a kid. So then I went down and the, and the coach said to me, um, you know, you, I did one session. He said, you could be good. You know, you're quite talented. I was quite a small kid um, for my age anyway. But I was just good at getting out of positions and and not getting pinned really. So the, the coach, you know, built my confidence up by telling me that I could be all right, you know, and that that's why I latched onto it really, just because that coach said to me that you, you could be good because that built my confidence. It's it's, it's fascinating when you, you you talk about um, wrestling uh, and 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 the kind of the history of it within Wigan because I was going to ask you like, you know, in. In the States, we see that all fighters are generally, and most students at some point wrestle. It's, it's very much part of the sort of curriculum over there. Whereas in the UK, I guess, you know, people of sort of my generation, generations that follow, would either do karate or box or, or, or Muay Thai. And obviously, and was you aware that outside of Wigan, maybe wrestling wasn't quite as, as, as big as what it was in your home county? Yeah, I mean, even in Wigan, you know, there's not, well, there is now, there's a little bit of, few more wrestling gyms but it's all rugby in Wigan really it's a rugby town but yeah I mean I knew it wasn't popular it wasn't like I said my friends who did start originally with me they stopped after a year or so or less than a year and went into rugby there's only me who carried on with wrestling 
So yeah, I know it's not it's not popular at all in UK, but you know we have still got some talent knocking about in the UK. But like, I know I understand it's not it's not popular really. And in America, like you say in America, it's um, you know it's very popular. They got it in the schools. They have it in the in the sessions really. But I, I was quite fortunate at a young age. I got there was a coach who come over to UK from America to 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 help UK wrestling. So his job was over here for five years. He had a five year contract to come over to UK to try and get it in schools and try and build it up in wrestling. That was when I was like eight, nine year old. So he opened his own gym when he was here for about like five, six years he was here. And I started, I, I was wrestling with him. So I got good grassroots from a, 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 an American coach who was actually reserved to go to the Olympics at his time. So I, I had good grassroots really, but it just never took off for him to develop wrestling over here. There's just the schools. When he went into the schools, they wasn't really interested in wrestling. It was all football and rugby. But, but I, I, I guess having that kind of influence on you paid off because, I'm, I'm, correct me if I'm wrong, you, you, you represented the country uh, and won bronze in the Commonwealth Games. Yeah, yeah, I've referenced my country since I was like 15, 16, through the cadet years and the junior and then the senior years. Like I said, I was, I was fortunate during my wrestling career because even when I got to senior level, the Olympics was coming to... Um, to obviously to London in 2012. So at 17 year old, I was took on the world class program to to be ready for that. So I was one of the only athletes that ever got paid to actually wrestle. There's never really been anyone who's had got any money to, to you know to train full time and wrestle really. But so yes, through my career, I, I was I was fortunate enough to get sent over to Russia, sent over to America, sent over to like all Eastern Europe countries to train for months on end really. So I did sacrifice my life to wrestling as well. Was Are there we... different techniques or, or, or styles when you went to these places? Like, were you able to kind of go, oh, the Russians do it like this, the Americans do it like that? Was, was it different uh, going to those places and seeing different styles of wrestling? Yeah, definitely. Back, back when I was wrestling, the, the Russians was very dominant compared to, to anyone else in the, in the world really at that time. Now the Americans have started to come back around and started to take over again. But the, the different style of the Russians compared to the wrestlings for uh, to the Americans, for example, the Russians were just very relaxed, comfortable in any kind of position, you know, they'd be half going on the back and they're getting out of it. And it's just um, a different style where the Americans were very well-conditioned, very explosive and just, you know, powerizes. They kind of tried to work their opponents down and then start capitalizing. Am, am I right in saying that, that your journey, your sort of transition into into mixed martial arts came via, I, I presume, um, training, uh, like offering sort of training with him wrestling to, to Terry Etim, uh, obviously former UFC legend. Yeah so, yeah, so back when I was on the world-class programme and I was training, Terry come down, I think he was having his second UFC, in the, in, uh, second fight in the UFC, and he come down, because he was against a wrestler, he come down to the, uh, Olympic Training Centre and to train wrestling and then when I when he was there he asked me would I come to Liverpool to train with him and do some wrestling more wrestling range with him and stuff because once a week wrestling isn't enough you know so and then I said yeah I'll come down so I went down to there and started doing a couple of times a week and just doing some wrestling with Terry really helping him get ready for his fight in the UFC and after the session I got talked into doing some jiu-jitsu so I started um, I started rolling and stuff with the lads I didn't have a clue what I was doing at that. And I was just, I was just obviously trying to pin him, even though he was already on the back. You know what I mean? So I didn't know what was going on. But um, yeah, and the coach then 
said, you know, you could be all right. Would you ever be interested in fighting? I said, yeah, I'd be interested in fighting after like the 2012 Olympics because that's my, that's my dream, that's my goal. And, um, you know, and that, that was it from there. And I tried a bit of Thai boxing as well. So I just, I just got latched on because it was just something new. I'd wrestled from six year old. So I'd done a lot of wrestling, traveled the world wrestling. And then this, this was just a new like challenge for me doing mixed martial arts. So I ended up transitioning to mixed martial arts in 2010. After the after the first Commonwealth Games, I went to in India. One of the things I wanted to ask was, um, I mean, it must have been such a moment to represent your country in the in the Commonwealth Games, um, and it, and you know, there's such patriotism like when you know when you watch the commonwealth games or the, or the olympics and you hear that national anthem and and you know and you see these people representing you know uh, the the great britain how does that compare to to sort of making that walk to the octagon and, and fighting in the ufc does that feel like you're representing the uk as much or does it feel slightly different like what, what, what's the sort of differences uh that, that exist there yeah, there is a there is a difference. You know what I mean? I think you've got to you hold yourself different as well. You know why you're competing in the Olympics or a Commonwealth Games and you're representing your country. You know, there's there's um. But I mean, I feel I still feel now. You know, although I've, come, I've got a Commonwealth Games medal, I still feel you know winning in the UFC, my debut is still probably one of my biggest achievements. Probably just because of the magnitude of how it is. You know, my life changed the day after I won my UFC debut. When I, when I won the Commonwealth Games medal, I got a slight change, you know. A lot more people knew I was, but it was definitely not the the, the um, reaction I got from winning my UFC debut. So maybe that's why it feels like But still, my, my, my medal in the Commonwealth Games, you know, it means a lot to me. Yeah. Do you remember the of- first... Um- Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Uh, like, MMA fight, like, in terms of the nerves of it but was it any different to like competing in wrestling so you've been competing for a long time by the time you got to like your first mma fight and obviously your ufc debut but were the nerves different was it a different feeling going into 
the cage, the octagon, than it was getting on the mats and wrestling? I, I, to be honest, because I was like, I was one of the best, I was probably the best in the country for a long time for wrestling. So I was always the one who went to the competitions. And like I said, I was one of the only ones who really got paid. Um, so I actually felt a lot more pressure wrestling than I did fighting, than I do fighting, really? you know. So although, yeah, you're not getting punched and kicked and all that type of stuff, but just I felt there was a lot more pressure wrestling because there was a lot more probably asked of me when I go and compete. I was always expected to medal. I was expected to win. Um, and you felt that with, with, with from the people who was around you within the within the wrestling community. But so yeah, I'd say, I'd say I felt more pressure wrestling, and I felt a lot more nerves wrestling. But you know, walking out to the UFC debut, I was I was nervous. Obviously, yeah, there's no one who can say they don't get nervous. You know, everyone gets nervous. But to be honest, that that was um, a very relaxed day for me. To be honest, I felt I felt really at home. I felt really comfortable. Did you have a technique for dealing with nerves? Like, is it something that just comes naturally to you, or is there like? a method, a thing you do to go, okay, I'm nervous, I'll go through this routine or whatever it might be? No, I don't really have a routine as such. I did, you know, like back when I was when I was a bit younger, I did, you know, suffer from nerves where I, I wouldn't perform sometimes. And uh, that was in wrestling. But, you know, I kind of adopted the fact when I got a little bit older, I, I kind of thought of it as, listen, this is fun. Why did I start? Why did I start fighting? Or why did I start wrestling? I did it because it was fun. I did it because I enjoyed it. I did it because it built my confidence. So I'd have kind of always, you know, thought of them times. I always thought that like, well, this has got to be fun to me. So I've got to be having a laugh, you know, and it's about the team around you as well, I think. And we've got a great team around us in Team Carbon. So, you know, but nerves is something you're always going to get. I'm competing this weekend against Aljamain Sterling uh, and Polaris. And, you know, of course I'm going to get nervous, but, End of the day, I started this sport because I enjoy it. And that's what I always remind myself. So I'm going to go out there and I'm going to enjoy it. I mean, we're obviously going to talk about um, Polaris uh, before this uh, podcast is done. It's, it's a, a fascinating matchup for, for, for this weekend coming. Um, but I want to just sort of go back to your, your UFC career uh, for the moment, Mike. And I'd like to ask you, like, how much do you think the pandemic affected your journey in the UFC? Yeah, I think, uh, to be honest, um, without sounding like I'm um, making excuses or anything like that, I think a lot of things affected my career in the UFC. I feel like I, feel I should, um, I feel I have a lot more, more to offer in the UFC. I feel I could have got a lot further in the UFC. Uh, but yeah, the pandemic was, did not help my career at all because obviously, you know, there was, I think there was two fights maybe cancelled during that. Yeah, I was supposed to fight Mac one the first time, and then obviously, I, well, I was supposed to fight Nick Lentz. Nick Lentz, I was actually in London, ready to fly the day after. I got sent home because one of the team got COVID. So, and yeah. to be honest, at the time, I think Nick Lentz was a perfect fight for me at that time. So, and I think there is a lot of, although you know we all train hard, I think there's a lot of luck involved in this sport due to the right match at the right time and all that type of stuff. I think that's all important. And I just didn't get that look on my side with the right match and the right time kind of thing. So, uh, yeah, I think the I think the pandemic definitely did because it's cancelled me two fights. Yeah, yeah. I've I've also uh, seen a, a a post on your social media, and, and 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 not looking past what what's coming up at this weekend, but your your mixed martial arts career. Um, 
I see that you posted that you'd had a conversation with Dan Hardy and uh, and, and he was talking to you uh, all things PFL. Like, is there any more kind of developments there? Can you tell us anything about that? Does that appeal to you? Uh, PFL does appeal to me. PFL's kind of always appealed to me, to be honest, um, after the FC, due to the tournaments and stuff like that. But yeah, I I had, um, not long ago, Dan Hardy messaged me and he, I, I kind of, we, me and my son had a wrestling match and I kind of retired from from wrestling. Uh, we had a bet going on for years. And uh, when he turned 18, I said, right, when you turn 18, we have a wrestling match, me versus you, because he was giving some sticks. So we, Can you we just turned explain to us, because I've heard you say this, like, what was he giving you stick about? Because it's, it's quite funny. Yeah, he was giving me stick because I got a bronze in the Commonwealth Games and not a gold. So Jack was a good wrestler at the time. He was probably about, I don't know, 10 or 12-year-old. Um, and I got a bronze at that time. And he said, oh, it's a bronze. You know, give me some stick for getting a bronze rather than a gold. And I said, all right, when you turn 18, me and you are going to wrestle, okay? So we agreed on it. We shook hands. And everyone just latched onto it. All the family got onto it. And then, then it started, people, um, even like BT Sports were asking me questions about it. Uh, so a lot of people asked and everyone got onto it. And eventually... He turned 18, obviously, and that was only like a few months ago. So we wrestled and we did it at a charity event. We raised the money and um, originally it was going to go to my dad, but my, sadly my dad passed in April because mm-hmm. so, he was terminally ill. And I give, I just gave the money to my mum. So we raised like, raised like 5000 for my mum and just gave my mum to put towards a funeral and things like that. So it was a good cause. Anyway, I retired from wrestling. I always said the last wrestling match will be against my son when he turns 18. And it was, so I hung my boots up there, my wrestling boots. I'll never wrestle again. I mean, I grapple and I fight, but not wrestling. Uh, so the day after Dan Hardy congratulated me on my wrestling career and said, you know, would would you be interested in coming to PFL if you're, in, if you're still interested in fighting? And of course, you know, that's that's where I'd love to be. Uh, it sounds like he, re- he wants me in the European tournament next year, maybe first. And then, you know, obviously you win that, you, you kind of get automatically into the global tournament, which is the big one, really, which is, you know, hopefully I can getting the European next year and then getting the global and then walk off into the sunset of a million. Yeah, that would be amazing. Obviously, firstly, condolences with, with regards to your, to your dad. Um, that that must have been incredibly difficult because I know that you were speaking before the Makwaname Carney fight about his diagnosis. Obviously, you don't have to talk too, too much about it if, if you don't no, it's want fine, to. It's fine. Um, but I just want to know, because we hear a lot of stories about fighters going through huge amounts of adversity and then still having to fight. Um, how difficult was that for you with your dad's diagnosis and, you know, you hadn't fought for a little bit and you, you, you're then coming in to fight a, a dangerous guy in, in Amir Khani and you've got all that going on in the background. Was, was that a very difficult thing to get through? How much did that affect you in the, in the build-up to that fight and the fight itself? Yeah, so, I mean... I didn't think I didn't when I was going through it. I really didn't really think it affected me too much. But when I've looked back and a few people said you could tell you wasn't right, you know. And I look back on the video and things like that. And obviously, me me when I walk out, I usually walk out quite calm and cool. You know, I'm I'm just just a slow walk out slow. This time I was I was like a bit different. You know, my emotions were different. I was running out. I was slapping everyone's hand and stuff like that. So I felt that my uh, looking back, I felt it did affect me. You know. Uh, but at first, I didn't think it did. But I think it. I think now, I think it did after watching back and uh, you know having a good thinking about it, taking time off and stuff like that. I think it did affect me. The fact that my dad, you know, was obviously terminally ill, 
because my dad was obviously a massive part of my career. Coached me as a kid, helped coach me as a kid as a wrestler. Um, you know, he never missed a fight. I fought in Japan, I fought in Brazil. Every fight, every fight he'd been with me, you know. So it was um, it was a tough time for me. Probably the hardest process I've ever fought, had to follow by losing my dad and going through the terminal illness and stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, I think it did. I think it did affect, affect me for the fight, which is probably why I rushed a little bit, you know, during the fight. And obviously he was in the crowd as well and I, and I gave him a hug just before it. And looking back on that, I could see, you know, my, my face changed slightly when I gave him a hug and things like that. So that's why I thought, yeah, maybe it did affect me. Yeah. Yeah, understandably. And, understandably, completely. And mm. looking forward, looking looking to the future, you've mentioned your son, you mentioned the, the wrestling match. Is there anything that you've learned in your fight career that you think is one of the most important things that you'd like to pass on to him? Because I know he, he's doing an amateur MMA fight coming up, isn't he? He's got something coming he's had, up. He's, he's had five amateurs. He's five and Well, he's, he's five, five and Yeah. He's... Yeah, he's he's um he's got another one coming up soon on the Anthony Pettis show on the twentieth of October yeah. in Manchester. So he's gonna fight on that. Uh which he's got a good 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 fight to be honest. But yeah, that's he's got he's there's if there's anything I'd pass on. To be honest, there's there's so many things, everything. So anything I've ever any mistake I've ever made, he won't make now. Do you know what I mean? Um anything I've ever done good, he's gonna do the same. You know, he's he takes everything on board, he takes all my knowledge, he knows where I've been, he knows what I've done. And um, he listen. He listens to me. Not many people listen to the dads, but he generally does listen to yeah. to me. You know, so which is good. Um, but yeah, you have to uh, tell us gonna... all that secret because there's going to be a lot of dads out there going, "I can't make my <laughs> son listen to me, mate." <laughs> yeah, well, the thing is, me and him wrestle, so I can wrestle and beat him. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. So beat him in a wrestling match, and they have to listen. Yeah, that's that's good. I mean, we've we've spoken a lot, you know, uh, about how. Harry inspirational, you know, your relationship with your father was, and, and now we're talking about yours with your son. Um, you, you, you've spoken about Dan Hardy, and we mentioned Terry Etim earlier. Like, as, as you was making that sort of transition into mixed martial arts, what, what sort of British fighters were, were inspirational to you as well within the fight game? Terry Etim was, was one, of, one of my biggest inspirations, not just because he was from the same team. Like I said, just how he's handled himself, you know, he was, um, he's, he's a really, really nice guy. You know, he, he always had time. Oh, no. Oh, no. My you seem to have lost. He's, he's gone. He's gone. Oh, dear. <laughs> oh, man. That is, that's never happened to us before, has it? It's never happened. Well, it's we'll, never uh, happened. Let's see if we be, can get it. He'll be back. I reckon back. the battery on his phone's gone. That's what I reckon. Oh, uh, no. Uh, that'll be terrible. Well, this will be a very unsatisfactory ending. I think he ends. was about to say that me and you were possibly massive influences on his career. I, I think, think he was. He, about was. To, he, he, yeah. he can see, we're both wearing T-shirts, he could see the guns on us, and I think he, he was just leaning was. towards, you know, yeah. we're a couple of dangerous mavericks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the dangerous mavericks are back. Um, right, well, I mean, let's just fill some time. What do we do? What do we do here? Let's hope that Mike comes back. The other thing is, we could potentially edit this. But yeah, uh, we could. Are, are you are you on to uh, on to Mike now? I'm just uh, having a little look now. On having the, a uh, little message, having a little message. Well, look, if we are going to carry on with this as if it's live, we have got another great interview coming your way that we have recorded where yes. it didn't drop out. Uh, no. and it's uh, it's with Chris the Problem Duncan, and that'll be coming your way. Uh, uh, in a few days from when this comes out, I guess. Uh, Monday. And, 
Monday, maybe. Uh, and um, yeah, it was a great interview. We had a great interview with Chris, who I believe is now, is he 2-0 and in the UFC now? Yes. I think he's 2-0 and in the UFC. Mm. Lightweight, been training over at ATT with Dustin Poirier, with... Um, Jorge. Uh, Jorge Masvidal. Uh, Yaroslav Amasov and it also it's the same gym I believe as Johnny Eblin who had a fantastic win mm. against Fabian Edwards the other night so we've got a great interview coming your way uh, I'll tell on you top what's of this one everyone's way as well because I was scrolling through my Instagram today and the UFC posted a little video about a watch along Mr Blake Harrison's face was in it really I've not seen this yeah, it was um, a bit of footage from. Um, it's talking about the Makachev fight, and uh, and it was showing some footage of the last one. Of you sitting there with um, former guest of the show Jack Shaw and Rob Beckett, and uh, former guest yeah. of the show Nick Pete. Yeah, you're famous, mate. Got your mate, face I've not even, over, I've not even seen this. This is the first I'm hearing about it. Oh, that's quite nice. Well, yeah. So it looks. I think I can talk about it. I think it's it's all happening. I don't want to jinx it too much. Touch wood. But yeah, on the 21st of October. Uh, UFC 294, Makachev Oliveira is in Abu Dhabi. It's going to be a good time for the UK. And if you don't fancy listening to the commentary, you can hit your cheeky red button or use, I think it's the Discovery Plus app now or whatever. Um, and you can uh, you can watch me and I don't know exactly who else. It might be Rob Beckett again. It might be another fire. I, I don't know what's going on. But uh, there's going to be a few of us there kind of having a little watch along, chatting through the fights, hopefully making some some lighthearted banter about Absolutely. what's going on. And well, uh, I've go got on. a word. Uh, I, I feel like I should put my finger in my ear like oh, um, yes, we're doing this like, some kind of live. Uh, I've got an update. Um, I can tell you that uh, Mike Grundy has just messaged to say, uh, sorry, the battery uh, has just gone on my phone. Uh, what do we do? And I just said, jump back on. So uh, let's see what happens. Let's see if he comes um, back on. But yeah, if you don't like listening to the commentary, go on to, I, th- I don't know if it's like TNT Sports, Red Button or whatever, and you can do a little uh, watch along with us on the 21st of October for the Makachev fight, which should hopefully be a really good laugh as well there'll probably be tickets available for it it'll be in london i think it'd be the same place as last time what was it last was time in oh. bank i can't remember exactly where it was it was like a bar in bank that was very good loads of big screen tvs everywhere to watch the fights he's back food and drink he's, he's back, back. granny's back oh we filled that time perfectly he's back here he is where is he oh Mike. hello hello we can hear you we can't see you. Can you not see me, though? Can't see you, mate. Sorry, T-Sack. That's all right, mate. Let me try and get back. Here we go. <laughs> Hold the line caller. This is going to be an interesting one. I can't remember what our last question Nightmare. was. No, don't oh, worry, no. mate. These things happen. We, ca- we can't let this interview finish before we actually speak about uh, this weekend. He's yeah, back. There, there, there he is. There you go. Yes. We got you back, Mike. We got you back. <laughs> So, yeah, so let's speak about Polaris. It's this weekend against... Al- it's in Wales, and it's sold out, as far as I'm aware. Al Jermaine Sterling yes. is your opponent. Obviously, recently defeated bantamweight champion in, in, in the UFC, so a huge name to be taking on. It was originally supposed to be Nathaniel Wood, but he's got a short-notice fight, I believe, on an Abu Dhabi card UFC 294 that we were actually just speaking about. And... No, Mike! What have you got again? Mike, no! <laughs> I have you got again, Mike? Dear Lord, what is happening? 
Oh, the MMA no. gods do not like they us today, Harrison. They do not want this to happen. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'll tell you what, if you, if you was, was going to get on the mats uh, with, with Aljo uh, this Saturday, right, in Polaris, Blake, yeah. uh, what outfit are you going for? Are you going for leotard? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Oh, I don't know. What should I do? What should I do? Should I wear... I think leotard. Leotard? What, like, scare him off? With, like, <laughs> with like a mankini? Yeah, like, not, if not... I go, went full mankini and, like, kind of, like, scare him off, like, you take me down too hard, you might be getting a ball in your face. Yeah, like, you could come that... loose at any point. Yeah, I could come loose at any point. We're talking, like, a thin bit of thread, just, like... Yeah. Just holding in everything yeah. barely. There's definitely Ladies and gentlemen, cubes, welcome like, to escaping. the... Welcome to the map. Blake, the boys may be at the barracks, Harrison. <laughs> the pubes are definitely like coming outside oh, yeah. of there's the. There's spider's uh, legs all over the there's place. Spider's mate. legs everywhere, mate. <laughs> there's a few extra limbs that you've got to contend with with me. There's, a, there's those midriff spider legs, those hairy boys just coming out to get you. A little bit of extra per. <laughs> Purchase on those takedowns. This listeners, is how you kill time. <laughs> you picture Blake Harrison in a leotard with his pubes all over the place. Yeah, boy. Yeah, that's the oh. thing. M- MMA fighters, they're all shaving. I'm letting it go, baby. I'm just letting Absolutely. it grow out. Absolutely. F- Blake Fullbush Harrison. That's who you're getting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, man. Dear. What are we going to do? We've got, I don't like, know. Most of he's an not, episode. He's not message yet. Oh, mate, he's probably run out of battery again or something. Oh, this well, look, is... Uh... Mike Grundy is taking on Al Jermaine Sterling, as you said. It's sold out in Wales. I can't remember the arena now. Um, but uh, he's taking him on in Polaris in a grappling match. Uh, it was originally supposed to be Nathaniel Wood, but Nathaniel Wood got a short-notice fight against Naimov in, uh, in Abu Dhabi, so he's had to take that. And Mike Grundy steps in. He steps in. It should be a really interesting battle between the two of them. I don't really know what I'll say. Obviously, we need to. I'm ask loving him it. Show. I'm, it I, I, I'm loving that Aljo is in the UK. Like, and yes. What? What? You know, if you're in Wales, and I mean, obviously there is a, a huge MMA community in Wales, and uh, and I'm presuming, I'm presuming we're going to see some some of the, the, the sure MMA boys have got to be there, right? You um, would think. You would think, I, I, yeah. I would have thought so. And, and I'm sure there might be some of the, the, the fighters on the card as well. You never know. But, um, never know. but yeah, what what a moment getting to see Aljo um, uh, rolling around the mats. That's fantastic. I mean, we've seen uh, a, a lot of it at the moment. Have you, be, have you seen any of the footage of, of Gilbert Burns? Um, I believe it's Everton players. He's in Everton, yeah. He's with all the Everton playing like players, like teaching them how to hit pads and, and all that kind of stuff. Gilbert Burns has all of a sudden become quite a good follow on social media. He's putting out all sorts of crazy content now. I think he's doing doing quite well for himself, old, old Gilby, Gilby Burns. I really want to know what he's going to do with the Luke Gary fight. What I really want to know, like, because they're mates. So, like, he's you... mates with Gary, but he's also very, very good mates with Luke. So, I can only imagine he's going to be in Luke's corner. But that'll have... be awkward as hell, won't it? 
Have you seen the kind of bat, the sort of banter between them? No. So, so Ian Gary's it's, it's all very, very friendly. Like Ian yeah, Gary's as it like, be, uh, yeah. uh, I, I love you, Vincente. Like, um, we're, you know, we're, we're, we're going to fight. Yeah, let's let's put on a show. And then um, Luke sent something very similar in, in his post as well. So it looks like, uh, you know, they're they're, they're just going to make it happen, and it's going to be a, a, a. It should be an absolute fucking cracker, right? Do you know what? I, I mean, firstly, as a fight, it's a phenomenal fight. It's a really great all-action fight. Also, I think actually there might be something really good about this match for Ian Gary and his relationship with the fans because I think with the photo that he had on his T-shirt of Jeff Neal with the mugshot and yeah. then some of the Neil Magny stuff, even though Neil Magny was the one in the wrong with what he said about, you know, the whooping yeah, yeah, he's yeah, going to yeah. put on Ian Gary to his kid and all that kind of stuff, whatever. Uh, if you don't know about that, go and look it up. And Ian Gary kind of bringing that up. For some reason, Ian Gary got a lot of flack for that. Mm. And a lot of people, I think, started to get frustrated with Ian. There's the whole Connor comparisons, which I get, but I think it's just who naturally who he is. Um, if, if you're a confident Irishman, in yeah. MMA, it's impossible not to. Exactly. It, this is just going to happen. Um, but, yeah, so I think this seeing him in a build-up to a fight, being nothing but respectful, having fun with his opponent in a, in a positive, friendly way, could actually kind of bring fans back round to him. Because, I mean, obviously, he's, got, he's still going to have loads of fans that, that love him anyway. But fans that have maybe gone off him slightly, and there are a few, you only have to go through the socials to see that that's happening. Uh, but the fans that have gone off him anyway, um, they, they might come back round to him. If he puts on a really mm. good, exciting fight against Vincente Luque, wins in style, and the, the build-up to it has been nothing but respect mm. and love and friendly banter, and then post-fight, he'll probably do something similar. That might actually bring people back round to him and it will get more fans on his side again. So this could actually be brilliant matchmaking for him. And and good friend of Ian Gary's. Um, um, and when we saw him win the Cage Warriors strap, um, there was all sorts of um, stuff going on behind the scenes with his corner. And he had no corner um, until right at the last minute. And he was cornered by um, current champ uh, Paul Hughes. And and we've recently seen pictures of uh, Paul Hughes and Ian Gary um, sitting there having dinner with Connor, and uh, you know a real kind of wall of of of, of Irish uh, MMA stars there. And what we've since seen is Paul Hughes announced he's going up a weight in, uh, in 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 Cage Warriors. So I don't know what's going on. I thought we might have seen Paul Hughes get a, a UFC contract because it's been he's been quiet for a long, long time, and you know he's a you know he's an absolute devil of a fighter, and you know I think the UFC <laughs> a will be devil a devil of a fighter. <laughs> oh, he's an absolute devil of a fighter, that boy. Oh, well, no, he's an absolute devil of a fighter. Did you see him on this horse going after that fox? Oh, yeah. Oh, what devil of a man? What an absolute devilish, fiendish man. Oh, fiendish, fiendish, fiendish old chap. Oh, Paul, Paul Hughes, that fiendish chap. Um, I'd yeah, like no, to know what's going on. Well, I think, well, yeah, it's interesting with, with Paul. He is it's so tricky because from Paul's point of view, you've done enough to be in the UFC. You've done mm. enough. Now, I don't know, but I can only assume he's been offered contender series fights and he's turned them down. He's like done, I've and, done, it, I've uh, done enough. George. I've done enough. 
But then when you're looking at it merit by merit, George had a contender series fight and he'd done more than Paul because he defended that belt twice. So I can see why the UFC in good fashion. Yeah. So I can see why the UFC go, hang on a minute. You've got champions that have done more than you coming into the contender series. What makes you so special? Um, but I can see it from Paul's point of view as well, that he's going, mm. no, I've, I've unified belts. I've fought some really tough guys at featherweight in Morgan Charrier, who's, all, who's in the UFC now, uh, and uh, Jordan Fuchenic, obviously, who he you know, put on an incredible, brutal display against uh, Jordan Fuchenic. And he's got people like Ian Gary vouching for him. Um, so I can see it from both sides of the coin. Clearly, it hasn't worked out with the UFC, and he is now coming back to Cage Warriors to go up in weight. And I suppose maybe he's saying, look, if I go and prove myself a two-weight champion, then I'm undeniable, and the UFC will have to just give me a contract. Maybe that's been established. Obviously, Graham Boylan has a great relationship with the UFC. Maybe he's got involved and said, look, if he comes back here, wins two belts, will he get straight in, whatever. I don't know. So um, it'll be interesting to see see what happens there. He definitely deserves the UFC contract, but so did George Hardwick. And unfortunately, mm. George came up short in his contender series fight and now will probably have to go back to Cage Warriors himself. But then, as we were saying to Mike Grundy just now, the PFL is always an option. These fighters yeah. are like, no, it's UFC or bust, UFC or bust. But they can make good money in the PFL. And they yeah. can do really well in the PFL, some of these guys. Um, I get that the fame isn't there. The social media following won't be there. The sponsorships won't be there. So there is I'm that I'm sure Brendan Lockman ain't worried about any of that because he's got a nice cool meal in his back pocket. Well, yeah, there's that, isn't there? So... You know, who knows? I mean, personally, I think if you're a young fighter, if you can go and do well in the PFL, especially if you can win that million pounds and you're still hungry after that, try and go to the UFC after that. You might have to take a little yeah. bit of a pay cut. But if it means that much to you to go, go to the UFC, why not get more experience in the PFL first and then go over? I don't know, unless you never know what's going on behind the scenes politically with these people. Maybe there's a lot of people in the UFC going, if any fighter goes to the PFL, then they're not coming over here or, or something yeah. like that. I don't know. You never know. It's the fight business. These things do happen. It can get a bit petty. It can get a bit sour. So, um, so yeah. But I, I definitely, to me, it seems like it would be a good option to to go there, get more experience on a global scale, global shows, earning decent money, yeah, and then go to the UFC. But absolutely, it is what it is. Have we, we have heard? Word. From Mike? We have heard. We have heard. Uh, he's um, battery has completely died, and uh, and he's got training there, so uh, he's going to head off the train. And he's asked if we can uh, try and get it um, uh, something else put in this week. But I think we're going to try and get this one out before the weekend, anyway, because we'd obviously like to get this yes. one out uh, before Mike's um, fight in Polaris. So uh, we'll see what we can do. Um, but what we should say, um, if if we can't get something sort of edited into this, then um, we should definitely take this opportunity to thank Mike uh, for his time today. Wish him all the best um, against Aljo this weekend. We will obviously endeavour to to get him back on and, and finish his story. I think we got the real bones of it. I think we was just getting towards the sort of close of it anyway and, and talking yeah, about Polaris. Talking about Polaris and, uh, and, and other bits, and, yeah. Uh, and maybe we get him on uh, for a little, a little update after the event and find out uh, you know, how it all went and speak to the man himself. Yes, we'll see. We'll see. Just burping in the middle of a, a chat here. Very professional. We'll see what we can do. Um, but yeah, hopefully you've enjoyed this episode and you've enjoyed us just rambling. I'm assuming we're keeping in the rambles and we're not going to edit it out. We're just keeping the general 
bullshit Absolutely. chat that we've been doing over Absolutely. the last last yeah. ten minutes or so. But uh, but yeah, so hashtag, thank you so much. Leotard pubes. Leotard um. pubes. <laughs> <laughs> That sounds like a like I don't know like a Jacobean character or so like a fop. Oh, Leotard Pubes! Oh, yes, I know him. Leotard Pubes. Ah, Leotard Pubes! Nice to I see you. I was at Eton with him. I was yeah. at Eton with Leotard Pubes. Great fellow. French lineage. Also, also Leotard Pubes just sounds like uh, yeah yeah. I was uh, uh, I was at the Dog and Duck in Camden and I saw Leotard Pubes' first ever show. It was incredible. What a band! <laughs> like, <laughs> He's more than just a musician. It's like an artistic experience when you go and see yeah, Leotard Pubes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's a real artiste. Uh, he's yeah. Leotard Pubes. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, um, if you enjoyed today's episode uh, with Mike, know that there's way more in the back catalogue as well with um, all the superstars of the UK MMA scene. Um, we've been so blessed as well to speak to so many of the the, 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 the stars of, uh, of the UFC and other organisations much further afield than the UK as well. Names I'm talking about like Jamal Hill, um, Alexander Volkanovsky, Tyron Woodley, Derek Brunson... Um, who else? Who we had from overseas? Do you Dan know what? Hooker. All I'm thinking is for the artwork for this show, can we have Mike Grundy, but also me in a leotard with really big pubes? Is that possible? Yes. Like yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm picturing like you Mike, in kind of Mike Grundy, like special guest Mike Grundy with a special appearance from leotard pubes. Is that yeah. possible? Yeah. yeah absolutely. Yeah. I want you looking like Rick McManus or or, or uh, Kendo Nakasaki, a proper old school UK '80s wrestler in a leotard. That's what you've I want. lost. You've lost me, mate. You've shown your age there I'm like who the <laughs> fuck are these people <laughs> I was like Rick Moranis what from Ghostbusters <laughs> honey I shrunk the kids what's he got to do with it oh dear look we're back next time in the meantime um, go check out that back catalogue that we mentioned if you've not checked us out on YouTube yet go give us a watch and subscribe over there and uh yeah, we'll be back very, very soon with an episode with Chris Duncan. Make sure you enjoy that. Tune into Polaris this weekend and watch Mike fight Aljo. Bye, guys. <laughs>